This is the world's worst podcast if it ever actually gets edited. He's kind of an asshole. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. I thought that was kind of cheesy. Is this a test? Corny. I just wrote wah wah wah. Like a lot of like hoorah rah. Maybe if you were more attractive, then it would be less disturbing. That's some erotic fan fiction right there for sure. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Coronological, a Marvel binge. I'm your host, Eric, here with my three good friends. The four of us have set off on the mission of watching each of the feature films from the current Marvel comic book universe in chronological order. It's currently April 2020, and we are in peak social distancing, isolation, voluntary quarantine, whatever you want to call it, we all have a ton of time on our hands. I think we've all come to the conclusion that the best use of our time is watching a bunch of movies, not learning any new skills. So let's start it off. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. And let's start off with a, a quick take. Um, who do you most identify as in the Marvel comic book universe? Ooh, good one. Who's going? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll start off. I'm Eric. I'm in Aries. Um, and let's also say what we're drinking. I'm drinking a Coronado Brewing South of the Pier IPA. And I'm definitely, I like to think I'm a Peter Quill. I'm sure most people, however, probably see me as maybe a uh, Agent Coulson. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's, a, that's actually on. a good shot. You, I feel like you kind of look like Agent Coulson. Uh, or, or I, I, say, I don't. I, should, I definitely identify as Agent Coulson to some degree. Um, all right, I'll go. I'm uh, I'm Dylan. I'm calling in from Brooklyn, New York, uh, the epicenter of the coronavirus. Um, I'm drinking a Heineken Tallboy. Um, you know, I think like I, I want to say that I'm I identify with Tony Stark, but in reality, I'm probably more of a Loki. <laughs> oh man, I see that. I right, definitely look like Loki. Uh, don't, um, Ethan, you go. I'm not ready. Oh, you want me to go first so you can judge me based on what I say? All right. <coughs> I'm, I'm Ethan. I'm calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, let's see here. Uh, of all the characters, I, I'm not really sure. I'd say I would love to say I'm more of a, a Hulk kind of guy. But the reality is I'm probably more uh, more of a Captain America person myself. <laughs> I, I like to identify with characters more so than so, so you know, mo- people that so play modest. the part. <laughs> Coach? No. Oh. All right. Um, so this is Coach T. I'm calling in from um, Denver, North Carolina. I reside in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I am quarantining in Denver, North Carolina. Um, yeah, much more space. Um, it's, you know, a little bit of rain today though. So, but vibes are good. Um, water is water is my drink. Um, it's filled with Ultima. It's a, it's an electrolyte um, drink. 
Um, not even a call out to Ultima, but I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, I have to say, I definitely think my character is Thor. Um, wow. Okay. I could see you as a Thor kind of guy, but you know, you know, and I'll get into this. I was just taken away by Captain Marvel. I think you know, I, I could be a Captain Marvel. You know, okay. All right. Thanks, guys. So, uh, what's our mission here? Well, I think it's safe to say that by the end of these eight weeks, we will have scientifically and definitively determined the hierarchy of all 20 movies in the universe, and that the whole world can adopt these as law. Or we'll have a bunch of hot takes, probably some discussion, but at the end of the day, we're all just friends who have a bunch of time to waste. So let's get into it. Our first movie, Captain America. All right. I think I'm recapping this one, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so before I before I recap it, I just need to go on a quick rant here. Um, <laughs> I think it's worth, that's why we're here. I Brooklyn guy talking about Captain America. Yeah, you get Captain America. I think go it's for worth. It. I think it's worth calling out. We are not comic book experts, so when this podcast inevitably blows up, uh, all these <laughs> nerds in re- on the Reddit boards can't yell at us for. <laughs> For knowing next to nothing on the subject. We're just a couple yeah, of guys please. here. And you can find us for your hate mail on Instagram at 90s fetish. <laughs> <laughs> like we're please, just we're just a couple, we're just a couple of guys who want to celebrate this thing that's been like a, a cultural phenomenon for a third of our lives. We don't know shit about the comics or really any of the backstory. So never even read a comic book, but I'm we're normal in all the movies, but I'm extremely excited to go on this journey with you all. Um, so, all right. So Captain America. So before I, so I, we're all going to do like a five minute recap explaining what happens in the movie. But before I start, have, have you, did you guys, have you guys all seen this movie before? Um, yeah, I think I saw it once I, before I, this week. I saw it. Yeah, I have seen every movie that we will be watching, oh, but I'm going to pretend as if I didn't. Oh, you've seen every movie in the I have not. MCU? Yeah, so I, I saw this movie, I, I want to say I saw this movie in theaters, but I don't really remember it too much. But So this is the first movie chronologically in the cinematic universe. Um, so I'm just going to get into the plot. If you guys have musings or thoughts, just feel free to interject. So... This movie starts in modern day, and there's this gr- there's a, a group of Arctic explorers who find a ship in the ice, and they uncover what appears to be Captain America's shield. Uh, it then jumps to 1942, and we're in just World War II head-on, and there's this Nazi named Johann Schmidt who invades a town in Norway, and he steals this very powerful thing called the Tesseract, which we all know later on has uh, has a, bu- a bunch of importance. Uh, I still don't really know what the fuck it is, to be honest. It's the Holy Grail. It's like Odin's soul or something. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, it's incredible. It's extremely powerful and valuable, and everyone wants it. But this guy goes to Norway, this Nazi named Schmidt. He steals the Tesseract. Uh, it then the movie then cuts directly to Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, in 1942, and we're introduced to our fearless hero, Steve Rogers. 
but he's not the Steve Rogers we'll soon grow to love. He's a very earnest, physically incompetent dud of a man uh, who he... He continues to get rejected from the army despite his continual tries. Uh, but this guy fucking loves his country, but he can't go to war because of his various uh, physical ailments. Let's call him. I, I'm assuming. Did, is he like a polio kid? Like what is he? He's just, so no, I think he's just small. He looks kind of crippled. He's yeah, just a boy. I mean, that's what I, I think. That's just him that's being what overzealous kind of with but he's what he looks like. It's just Chris Evans on a miniature body uh, <laughs> with the same voice. <laughs> what'd you say? He has the same voice. Very deep voice. Yeah. What choice? Who made Tiny that little choice? Body. That is so ridiculous. Yeah, it is a little odd. But all right, so we meet we meet Chris Rogers. His best bud, Bucky, who, unlike Steve, is extremely attractive and is going to war. Uh, so the night before Bucky leaves... He's kind of a jerk, too, by the way. I don't like that Bucky fella. You don't like him? I thought he was kind of a... Oh, come on. He right. was like... I mean, he saved him in the back alleyway, but at the same time, he was always hanging it over his head that he was more athletic than he was. Uh, possibly. Um, we can get Sorry. into that in a second. So Sorry. the night before Bucky leaves for war, they go to, I think it's the world's fair, right? And they see Howard Stark in this cool car, which is kind of a cool thing. But Steve Rogers just gets all salty cause he can't go to war and just abandons Bucky while they're on a double date to go, With try, babe. to go try and enlist again. Uh, because, the seventh time's a charm. Uh, and while he's trying to enlist again, some this there's this German doctor from the Strategic Scientific Reserve Program who sees him and he's like, hey, this guy clearly can't go to war or be in the army because he's a lemon of a person. But he... He really has the desire, you know, there's something about him that really, you know, he, he, he wants to be a part of it and risk it all for his country. So they, they let him, they accept him and they let him enlist. Uh, so he goes to this boot camp where the goal is to ultimately select one person from a group of like 40 soldiers, I want to say. Uh, the, the commander or, or leading officer is Tommy Lee Jones, who is fucking awesome in this movie. Can we talk about Tommy Lee Jones? Totally that was forgot. the best cast of this whole week, <laughs> totally, by far. Totally forgot he was in this fucking movie. Um, and we also meet Peggy Carter, who is equally as awesome, who uh, is a British agent. Um, but there's a bit of a montage, and we see that Steve is clearly incompetent physically, but he possesses the brain and desire, and, and they're ultimately going to pick him. Uh, and in one of the most absurd uh, absurd moments of this movie, he shows self-sacrifice when Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones throws that grenade <laughs> and he just dives on it. I With mean, decoy grenade. That was, that, was a, that was an incredible moment. He just yeah, jumps well, on I mean, a grenade. There was nobody near him. Everybody else was smart and got 50 feet away. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, but anyways... 
Can I, I was a bit much. I got something to say about that part. I mean, the, <laughs> the fact the fact that Tommy Lee Jones, or no, not Tommy Lee Jones, the scientist guy made his decision based on the fact that he was willing to die instead of do the right thing is it was interesting. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I just and and I'll get to it. You know, this is Coach T um, in my session, but um, with my recap, but or not my recap, but my intake. I thought this one was really Hollywoody. Um, yeah, but you keep yeah, going, yeah. Just keep going, Dylan. Um, all right. So sorry, I need to speed up the pace here. So uh, at the same time, so so it's clear that they're going to pick him because he kind of possesses all the traits they want. They go back to Schmidt. He's managed to harness the tesseract. So he's able to make these weapons that can just instantly destroy people. Um, and it's revealed that he's worse than a Nazi. He's actually the leader of Hydra. Uh, and so he, uh, a bunch of Nazis come to him and kind of say like, Hey, what have you done lately? And he's, he shows them the power of his weapons. He destroys the Nazis and he's come out as like this leader of Hydra. That's, that's worse than the Nazis. So, that happened kind of simultaneously. We then go back to Brooklyn where Steve undergoes the actual experiment where they, they basically shoot him up with this serum and, and they give him some steroids. They I give mean, him some steroids. No, no human I think could actually, uh, could actually survive this experiment, <laughs> but they shoot him up with this serum and you know, all the power goes out. It's this whole elaborate thing. And he comes out and he is, very tall and very buff, and he is and high. very handsome. He is very handsome. He is a New York ten now. Uh, <laughs> he comes out. He's attractive. He's strong, and everyone kind of celebrates it as this big success. At the same time, there's this guy who's watching the experiment, who is clearly an undercover Hydra agent. <laughs> They've all, yeah. the cameras only pan to him about seven times throughout the two minute scene, and we know he doesn't belong. But he goes and he steals the serum. He kills the German doctor. He, he steals the serum, which conveniently has one vial left over at the end. That's of right. The- that's right. There's one what? vial left for some reason. How would he know that would be there? Well, and I, I understand it's a movie and it's supposed to be set up. But at the same time, this really bothered me. It was so dumb. I mean, so this movie is the most campy of the three that we've seen. We can all say that. It's it's fucking bonkers, but you kind of just have to look yeah. past it. So, I agree. so this guy, clearly an agent, he he steals the serum, he kills the doctor, which like is, is heartbreaking for Steve. He's experienced loss. And then he gets away. And then Steve basically shows off his new digs and just starts running barefoot super fast down the middle of Times Square. And he chases the guy down, but uh, he ultimately fails because the guy uh, the guy gets caught but ends up drinking cyanide and kills himself. And the serum, no, he has one of those cyanide teeth. And yeah, they, like, he's pop out the and they yeah, eat yeah, it yeah. or tooth. Yeah, and so the serum is lost. And at this point, it's kind of like shit. We blew it. After this happens, the senator who's in charge of the scientific program or whatever is. Uh, basically makes Captain America a show pony where he just goes around the country to various cities and kind of pushes the we're going to win the war agenda. And he dances with all these women and he like punches fake Nazis on stage and he's just like a show pony. And so he kind of has grown numb to it all. But then he goes on on a kind of like a publicity stunt to Europe 
so now he's no longer in America. He actually goes to where the war is happening. And he tries to perform in front of this group of soldiers, and they rightfully just rip him to shreds. And he and he uh, he runs into Peggy, who sees him and kind of gives him the whole like "you were meant for more, man" talk. And uh, and so then he's like, "Oh wait!" I he kind of has like a come to Jesus moment, and at the same time he realizes that the infantry that he's performing for just lost a ton of men and many were captured including his good pal bucky uh and i think it also it's like his the infantry that his father fought for right yeah that was heartbreaking it's 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 heartbreaking (laughs) so he's like all right shit now's my chance to really do something and so he he essentially just goes rogue to rescue them he goes AWOL. He, for goes, sure. he goes AWOL. He gets dropped off behind enemy lines by Howard Stark and Peggy. They just can like charter a, a flight and drop him off in the middle of I think they're in Italy. Um he basically gets back there, he shows off his new strength and speed and whatnot. Uh he rescues the men and he confronts Schmidt, uh, where we find out that Schmidt is actually the red skull. Uh, which I, I'll be honest, I have no idea who that character is. I guess it's yeah, like no a, a comic book villain, but he also went right. through the same treatment that Steve did, but there were negative side effects. Um, but he, so Steve, Steve, Captain America ultimately succeeds, comes back. Tommy Lee Jones and the, and the boys are all hyped about what he did. So he kind of just like recruits all of his buddies uh, and they start taking down some, some Nazis and, some and they start Hydra killing people. some Nazis. They start killing some Nazis because business is booming. Uh, and uh, so this okay, so he 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 gets Bucky and Bucky and the boys. As I I took a note that said just said Bucky and the boys, and I think that this is what I was talking about. He recruits them. They start fighting all these Nazis. Time is passing. There's like a nice montage that takes place, and through the montage, you can clearly see see that Peggy and Steve have built up some chemistry. <laughs> So, that's stupid scene. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. So it's now so the most ah, absurd the piston moment, was hot. So the most absurd moment, which we can talk on in more detail later, is he, there's like uh Peggy and Tommy Lee Jones are in a theater where they're like watching in black and white Captain the montage essentially that we're all viewing, and Captain America subtly opens up his pocket watch and there's just a picture of Peggy in the pocket watch. It's just so ridiculous. But so uh, they're in love. They were in love. They're in love. Yeah, but like he probably talked about it to the guy that was recording. He was like, dude, you gotta you gotta throw me a bone here. Yeah. You, you gotta put a picture of this you know, and make sure that she goes to this theater and watches it because, you know, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, score the peg. I mean, just it was it was, it was not very subtle, which I think is a good is a fair description of this entire movie. Anyways, uh, nothing is subtle about this movie. Yeah, it's, it's so over the top. It's super over the top. All right. Now it's 1945. They try to assault this train that's carrying this Hydra scientist that they want to capture. I think the guy's name is Zola. So they succeed, they capture him, but ultimately Bucky ends up falling from the train to what appears to be his death. So, I mean, it's clearly his death. He yeah. fell into a 500-foot ravine. Yeah, that's fair. that's fair. He's dead. We'll never see him again. He died. He died. Uh, Steve is is just gutted, and Peggy sort of comforts him. But using information that they extracted from Zola, they basically are able to find out where Hydra is located, 
they lead uh, Captain America leads an attack to stop Schmidt from using uh, his his bombs that he's going to drop on a bunch of American cities. Uh, and so Steve and his group they attack him, but Schmidt is able to sort of get away. He takes off in his plane where he's going to drop the bombs, but Steve chases him down in a car driven by Tommy Lee Jones and Peggy. He gets a nice romantic kiss, and he gets to get on the plane as it's taking off. And on board, Captain America and Schmidt sort of fight. They fight over the Tesseract, which gets, like, knocked off of whatever its stabilizing force is. Uh, and it kind of breaks. And so Schmidt, like, appears to get sucked into some sort of wormhole, right? That's what happened. Um. But the Tesseract ex- itself burns through the plane and is lost in the ocean. Uh, Schmidt is gone. The Tesseract is gone. And Steve essentially realizes that there's no way to land this plane without the bombs going off. And so he has this very romantic sort of heartfelt goodbye with Peggy. Uh, and then he crashes the plane into the Arctic Ocean. Uh, and then later on we see, so, so Captain America is likely dead. Uh, later on we see that Stark, Howard Stark is able to recover the Tesseract from the ocean. Uh, but he, he appears to not be able to find Captain America. So we assume he's dead. But then as the movie ends, all of a sudden Steve Rogers awakens in a 1940s style hospital bed and the radio is on it. It's a baseball game but he realizes that it's a Brooklyn Dodgers game that he had already been to. And so he kind of freaks out and he flees and escapes this like simulation. And he's in modern day Times Square, which is crazy. And Nick Fury, who's the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., comes out and just tells him that he's been asleep for 70 years. And then boom, that's the movie. So, that was an excellent recap. Wow. That was just, that was just outstanding. That was really good. And now I'm really worried about my recap cuz it's it's flash recap, man. Yeah. Well, mine was pretty detailed. I took I so because Captain America was wonderful. Captain America was the first movie that I watched. I felt like I took pretty good details like my Iron Man recap that I was doing on my phone. I probably stopped after 30 minutes. So that's the recap. Yeah. All right, so let's get some uh some quick facts here about the movie, just for all our information. Yeah, Captain America: First Avenger released was it 2011, I believe, in July. Uh, Rotten Tomato score 80% from critics, 74 from the audience. IMDb score of 6.9. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, for a superhero movie, it's not bad. You know what's interesting? I don't remember. I don't. Feel, I feel like I don't, you don't. You often don't see an audience score that's worse than a critic score. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I don't know who I trust more. I, I feel like I trust the audience score almost better than the critic score, but. Yeah, usually. Yeah, for movies like this, I do too. Yeah. Are we going to do an overall impression? I yeah, I got a couple more. So $140 million budget. It grows 370 worldwide. Wow. So pretty successful. That is pretty good. All right, let's talk about some mayhem. What did you laugh at the hardest? What was your strongest eye roll? Uh, I think uh, going on what was included in Dylan's synopsis, uh, the, the picture that was displayed 
in his uh, pocket watch. It, I mean, it was just so perfect. And like, how would you ever possibly be able to record that on a camera that's that old? Is just absurd. It but did, of course, yes, it, it displays did, perfectly it and like, managed uh, to make a love story out of this movie. Yeah, it kind of felt just like lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. Just like, also, I think the best part of that scene was not the actual recording, but Tommy Lee Jones' reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he looks over at her. I really think that Tommy Lee Jones was, was arguably the star of the film. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. In terms of uh, eye roll moments for me, though, I mean, there's just a lot of dialogue in this movie that was pretty over the top. Like the scene where he's about to, he's on the plane getting dropped off behind enemy lines. The fondue. Uh, well, there's the fondue thing. And then when he's like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a captain. <laughs> yeah. And at what point did he actually become friend. a captain? I don't understand that point because I feel like if he was a captain the whole time, he was taking shit from like everybody. All of a sudden, yeah, he had to like, disobey yeah. orders. Okay. I got a point. Didn't that go when against his character? What's that? Him disobeying orders. I thought that was the whole idea behind Captain America. He's a Mr. Good Two Shoes, does it all right. I mean, now he's gonna start disobeying orders. Come on, he's the greater of, good. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> he's yeah, kind of, he's kind of just a selfish dick, man. I feel like he's just. Yeah, I don't know. He he's he's so earnest and and he just kind of has like the Napoleon syndrome a bit. Yeah, and that's the Captain America that I associated with, right? <laughs> yeah, he thinks yeah. he's great, but he's not actually that great. <laughs> he yeah. just kind of does everything for himself. Yeah. I, so, um, this is Coach D. I got my my overall input. Um, I just kind of wrote some night notes down. Uh, like overall, my least favorite of the three we watched this week. You know, everybody's saying it. Very Hollywoody. It's just the storyline. I didn't think was realistic. Like if you follow it through, it's just absurd. Like absurd. Um. Like the whole, you know, throwing the tomatoes at the guy when he was when he was like doing that propaganda like song is just uh, like. I mean, he deserved that. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying the. Propaganda, I would have thrown tomatoes at him. It was it was stupid that they did that. Oh, um, that so, having him there to begin with, yeah, yeah that would have yeah, never yeah. happened. No. <laughs> Second is it just took forever to get to the point for some action. It did, like, it did feel very long. It's very yeah. just took took forever to get to the point. Um, they're all corny. Just, I just wrote wow, wow, wow. Like a lot of like hoo rah rah. I thought it was incredible. Tommy Lee Jones in his element, young, did a great job. Um, Peggy and Steve Rogers definitely an interesting dynamic. You know, though I wrote the you know I had a whole bunch of bad stuff. The only exciting you know good thing I had was the ending and just kind of being. I did think it was an okay ending and can maybe get better, um, but. I thought Captain America would have been a little bit stronger, but I guess now he is. That's it. I, I come, I'm not going to lie. This is really surprising to you. This is going to be surprising to me too, but I actually agree with you. You so, said that it was your favorite movie. Well, I mean, I, I liked it in a sense of it reminded me of me and myself, 
but it, it felt like the writing was out of the 1940s as well. Like it was a 1940s movie that was actually shot in 2010. That's actually yeah. a pretty interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty spot on, actually. I wonder if that it was a good job of that. Yeah, actually, that, now that I, yeah, maybe it was, man. It did, it did kind of feel like an old classic, like 1940s movie. Just Over like, the top. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it was super blatant in everything that it did. Like there was no. Yeah, it had those like 40s, 50s, like one liners that yeah. you kind of hear a lot. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, out of 10, score out of 0 from 10, where do we put it? Uh, I'm going to give it a 5. 5 out of a 10. A hard 5. Okay. 5.0. I thought that was general. <laughs> 5.0. All right. Yeah, so I, I'll give it a 6. I, So I, I think uh, one thing I will say is I, I think we got a pretty good batch of movies this week. Um, yes. I think – it wouldn't surprise me. So one thing we didn't say at the beginning of this pod is that we're going to all rank them one to 23. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if all three of these movies, and, and this is just me talking, come out in the top 10 or close to. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But I, Wait, I, all three of these movies? The movies we talked about, or the movies we're reviewing. Yeah, this week? Yeah, or, or top, top top 12 maybe. Do you, do you not agree with this one? This one is down at the bottom. This oh, is in the really? gutter. Okay. Super oh, come I've, on. I've only seen about half a movie. This does not. I don't know. I, I guess I've seen more, and I know there's some there are some serious there's some stinkers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know there's a couple that are going to be better, but I'm trying to you know pretend as if I haven't seen all of them before. The other two. This one's yeah. at my bottom for a while. All right. Well, here's what I'll say. So I think it gets. I'm going to give it a six. I think all in all, it it, it was pretty good. It like. It set up the series pretty well, I think. It got um, me excited. It just was a bit too campy and over the top. But you know what? The, it was interesting watching this uh, this movie compared to the other two. This movie, there really wasn't that much humor. Like, Captain America just isn't very funny. And the, yeah. and the other characters are pretty funny in the other the other films we watched. So I don't know. It it kind of just like left me a little. Like, I feel like this movie is also of the three, the one that is a standalone standalone movie is the least. Yeah, this is not yeah. meant to be watched. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. that's a good shout. If you Google the Avengers extended trailer, this would be the number one result. Yeah, hundred well, percent. Just thinking about the Avengers, the dimpiest Avenger, and like just the dimpiest powers overall is Captain America. His his number one skill and power and characteristic is leadership versus people that have incredible strength, the ability to fly. I mean no, he's he's second worst behind Hawkeye. Alright. <laughs> I don't even yeah. consider Hawkeye. Yeah, fuck I mean Hawkeye. he's not even one of the main Avengers. Yeah. Alright. So anyways I, I give it a six. Yeah. All right, uh, Ethan, what do you got? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, part of why I rated it so high is because it was the first one I watched. It got me really excited. Like, I probably gave it like a 6.4, maybe 6.5, 6.4. Uh, it really did get me excited to watch the rest of the movies. Um, I thought it was good i thought it could have been a standalone movie i I honestly thought it was i don't know it it had a little bit of like a love story which you don't always get in marvel movies 
um, it, which, you know, it, you think what you want to. Everyone's a sucker for love stories to some extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was fantastic. Got me excited about the Marvel series. So it definitely created, it did, it it did created, its job. It created a buzz for the task at hand. I would say. Yeah. All right. I'll go ahead and throw my name because I think we got we got to stick to the schedule and the time. Um, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to really shake it up though. It's gonna be hard. I gave it a four point nine. I mean, I just wasn't happy with it. Um, I just unsatisfied. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't entertain. Me I and, I, and I'm a, I'm a move. so just to clarify, you know, a little bit more about Coach T. Though, yeah, I'm with everybody. I haven't seen all these, probably half of them. Um, but I do watch a lot of movies, and I and I rate my movies based off of how entertained I was, and I just wasn't that entertained. So I say with four point nine. Yeah, I mean that's the the lens I approach these movies with is not is it a cinematically yeah, good no, movie, I mean, but is it was yeah. I entertained? Right. Right. And honestly, no. And the other two, the other two in this week, I was very entertained. Um, but not yeah. My number one note from this movie is, uh, I have written down poor man's Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. Set during a world war, we have our hero who assembled well, a ragtag thing, group of allied soldiers to defeat an evil German scientist. And our I, and our, and I our love listeners, world war movies though. Our like, listeners I think all of them will have to one, uh, eight, two is even better. Our listeners will have to wait for our DC podcast <laughs> to hear your uh, Wonder Woman review. <laughs> Should we move on? I think we moved to Captain Marvel. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, I'll give us a, a quick rundown of the plot, and then uh, we'll open it up to the table. All right, in 1995, on the Kree Empire's capital planet of Hala, Star Force member Veers suffers from amnesia and recurring nightmares involving an older woman. Yon-Rog, her mentor and commander, trains her to control her abilities while the supreme intelligence, the artificial intelligence that rules the civilization, urges her to keep her emotions in check. During a mission to rescue an undercover operative infiltrating a group of Skrulls, alien shapeshifters with whom the Kree are at war with, who... The scrolls are awesome, by the way. They're pretty terrifying. Yeah, they are. They look cool, and their powers are awesome. Uh, while on this mission, Veers is captured by the skull, the scroll commander Talos. And then, in a one of the best, I gotta get off mute. Sorry, wait. A minute. You guys think they look cool? I thought they looked gross. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, should be the same they look like boogers, dude. There's... <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> In one of the best scenes of the week, they pretty much hack her memories and are able to adjust what she's seeing in real time, which is pretty cool. So during the sequence, the scrolls are clearly looking for memories that Veers herself does not remember from her time on Earth. But during this kind of exploratory work into her mind, Veers is able to escape using her powers. She hops in an escape pod, and she launches off the ship and lands in a blockbuster in Los Angeles, in case you needed any more reminders that this was 1990s. <laughs> uh, her Basically, the security guard, who's for some reason sitting in the parking lot of this blockbuster, calls S.H.I.E.L.D., and we get to see uh, Samuel L. Jackson, minus 25 years, as Nick Fury. Which, let me tell you, man, Samuel L. Jackson with hair... Was awesome. 
Yeah. And he's in every one of these movies, correct? He just had... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think so, yeah. He just had what what is clearly just fake hair on his head. Well, so interesting. Uh, Nick Fury was 25 years younger, but Agent Coulson was not. He was the same age. (laughs) (laughs) Agent Coulson's arguably my favorite character, too. It's like like they ran out of money in the budget to make Agent Coulson look younger, and they're just like, eh, fuck it. We'll just just invest it all on Fury. So, uh, Veer somehow manages to turn a payphone into an intergalactic communication device. She contacts uh, her, her commanders and tells them the situation. Um, Which you didn't, you didn't say Jude Law is... is that's her. true. That's a very important point. Jude Law. Which, yeah. Incredible job. She did an incredible job. So, so using uh, Veer's extracted memories, uh, Veer's and Fury go to this secret army test base called Project Pegasus. They discover Veer's was a pilot presumed to have died in uh, 1989 during a test flight with Dr. Wendy Lawson. Veer's instantly recognizes this woman as the woman from her nightmares. After Fury informs S.H.I.E.L.D. of their location, a team led by Talos disguised as Keller arrives. Keller is... Uh, Agent Fury's boss. Fury discovers Talos' ruse and helps Veers escape in a cargo jet with Lawson's stowaway cat, Goose, which is, can we agree, the most ridiculous part of this movie? Yeah. The cat. Yeah, but, but also the best part. <laughs> the cat was badass. Yeah, was you absurd. mean the, you mean the flirkin? The flirkin? <laughs> For whatever reason, it kept reminding me of Men in Black. That cat that was in there that held the galaxy, like I thought that was kind of yeah, cheesy. Fucking, yeah, but it was so powerful. Yeah, there's a lot of resemblance there between that and Men in Black. So anyway, they fly to Louisiana. They meet uh, Beers's <laughs> old, I guess, co-pilot, but I guess um, I don't know, wingmate Maria Rambo, last person to see Beers and Lawson alive. Rambo and her daughter Monica reveal that Beers is actually. Carol Danvers, who was once like family to them. Talos, arriving unarmed, explains that the Skrulls are refugees searching for a new home and that Lawson was Marvell, a secret Kree scientist who was actually trying to help the Skrulls. In, I'm going to be honest, this was pretty shocking to me. I didn't see that twist coming. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. I feel like the, decept- Mainly, the deceptive villain is something we'll see more... Uh, that and mainly movie. because the Kree kind of killed a lot of innocent people earlier in the movie. So, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll go with it. They were innocent the whole time. Whatever. Yeah. So it turns out that uh, Doctor Lawson, Carol Danvers' old, uh, I guess, boss, was killed by Yonrod, her now mentor, to prevent her from destroying the engine before Kree could uh, recover. The engine is a what is it a faster than light speed light spaceship ship. engine that the scrolls are going to use to escape from the crease. Is it related to the Tesseract? Yes. We'll get there. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Oh, okay. The Tesseract <laughs> is exhausting. So <laughs> the, the all these movies is everything. Yeah, I know, but it's exhausting. And why did they can't, they couldn't have made it a, like a simpler word? 
Good Lord. All right, so during this test flight, uh, Marvell, also Dr. Lawson, and Carol Danvers, Veers, are testing this new spaceship with the super light speed drive when they are attacked by none other than Yonrog. Yonrog shoots them down and is after the drive. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm super confused at this point. Exactly me watching the movie. This is me watching the movie. I was so confused the whole time. You can't even write a synopsis on it. It's that confusing. What's so confusing about it? Yeah, What's I didn't so really confusing? find it that What's confusing. I think it's, it's all the names and the fake names. Yeah, the good guys are bad. The bad guys just are call good. Them, just call them all by the, the names actor are confusing. playing them. <laughs> Dude, just oh, wait till you hear my synopsis. It's this guy, that guy, does this, does that. All right, keep going. Yeah, here. wrap it up. All right, so long story short. Fucking, they capture her. She fights out. She fucking kills people. She got fucking badass weapons. <laughs> <laughs> you love her, dude. You're just obsessed with her. Well, let's you just, just have Scott just recap. Let's just have Coach recap can every I, movie. Can I ask our first question? Well, hold um, on. Let him... And just to show, just to show our listeners, because this is going to go viral. Um, Finish the recap. Yeah, let's, let's get why, through this. Why, why is she called Veers though? Why is it called Captain Marvel then? Hold we'll on. get there. Let's. let's... <laughs> All right. So, did you miss that? After whole they're part? shot down, there's a standoff, and Yonrog shoots Marvel and kills her. And so there's a standoff, and then somehow Veers knows to shoot the engine. So uh, Veers shoots the supersonic or hyper light speed drive, which contains the power of the Tesseract. For some reason, it enters her body, and she absorbs the power of the Tesseract. She's unconscious. Yonrog realizes that she now has the power of the Tesseract and kidnaps her. Uh, during this process, she loses her memories, and the Krees basically invent memories from her for her that uh, you know follow on their their belief that the Skrulls are bad and turn her into a Star Force. So agent. badass! That was so badass that moment when she gets kidnapped. No, how they can go into memories and fucking plant shit. Like, I mean, that's some technology shit. Yeah, right it was there. pretty wild. So anyway, this mirrors. is this is all in a flashback that was taken from the scrolls and from the black box on this aircraft that they were test flying. And so now we're back in the present day. Danvers, Talos, Fury, and Rambo, the four good guys, they realize that Lawson's laboratory was actually in orbit around Earth the whole time. So they uh, basically get into this new ship and they head up there and they find the Tesseract, which is actually the power source of the hyper light speed drive. And then again, uh, hold on. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You're almost done, man. You got it, man. You're on. Oh act, my God. You're on act three. <laughs> It just gets more, the more, I, it's all these things I forgot. I get more and more confusing. This is literally me watching the movie. Like, I just, it's confused. They're pulling things it's, it's out not, of every direction. It's not that complicated. 
All right, so then yeah, now we're we're in space. Movies. We're on. We are in the basically the ship that's been holding the tesseract. And then all of a sudden, somehow, Yon Rog of Star Force appears on the ship, and he kidnaps uh, Veers, takes her to meet the Supreme Intelligence once again, who is the, again the ruler of their civilization. Horrible which I believe, man. I believe it's everybody that has died amalgamated into an artificial intelligence. What's correct? the name That's of that deep. actress, by the way? They're everywhere. The name of the, uh, uh, the, the like the leader, the Marvel or whatever. The the woman who, when she goes and I, I can't remember. Uh, Annette Benning. Annette Benning. That's Benig? Right. Yeah, Benig. I thought yeah. she was pretty good. She was all right. I mean, she had like twenty lines. That's true. All right. All right. Going ahead. Um. So during this conversation with the Supreme Intelligence, Veers removes this implant that the Kree had basically implanted into her to kind of control her and reduce her powers. As she does this, she becomes completely overpowering. They uh, get into a battle where basically she just annihilates everyone with her powers. Like somehow, except for Yonrog, who is immune to most of everything she can do. She's now Superman. She... Yeah, for all you DC folks out there, for our DC fans from our other podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) this is where it gets dimpy for me. Continue, Eric. I'm sorry to cut you off. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out as I go too. Just, just, just say Jude Jude Law's character's name one more time. Yon, Yon Rog. Yon Rog. <laughs> is that wrong? I don't know, man. I, I, to be honest, I just called him Jude Law the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty dimpy villain. Yeah. Can we cut, yeah. can we cut to some hot takes here? No. I, I just have so much to get off my chest no. about how horrible this movie was. Eric. Wait, hold on, hold on. We got to finish it. The film closes. So there's a standoff between Yonrog and Veers on Earth. One of the classic fight me hand to hand moments, and then she shoots him with her powers. Pretty classic. And then she lets him live, interestingly enough. She, uh, after this whole final battle, she meets back up with Fury, and she kind of says, I'm done with Earth. And she goes back to help the Skrulls find a new home. He gives her a pager, which is somehow supposed to be an intergalactic uh, communication device. (laughs) No, she gives him the pager. That's right. And then uh, probably the best part of the whole movie is when Fury decides that there are more superheroes in the world and they are starting a project to find them called the Avenger Initiative. Which was based on her tag name. Yeah, it was her call sign in the Air Force. Yeah, okay. yeah I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the ending yeah. was really cool. All right. Discuss. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. The whole tagline was cool. The whole tag was cool. But overall, this movie was just way too confusing. I'm a simple person. I'm so sorry. And maybe this is why I like Captain America so much. I just need a baseline plot. I don't need you going back and forth. This doesn't need to be a Quentin Tarantino movie. Let's get some. Let's throw some stats out there. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score seventy eight percent. Audience score forty eight percent. 
Ooh, by by far, not even close, the worst of the entire franchise. Really? Wow. Oh, without a doubt. The next lowest one is in the 70s. That's shocking. I'm telling you. For the audience. Too confusing for the audience. Uh, Only hyper fans are going to Trying to say it is confusing. Trying to recap it. IMDb score, 6.9. $160 million budget. I had to double check this figure. About three times, worldwide gross, $1.1 billion. Wow. Yeah, it was stupid. This is, so Insane. I guess, I guess it's worth calling out that this was made. These are unadjusted for inflation. This was made yeah. 12 years later. Yes. So the the this, the Avengers, just Marvel Universe, was, has, was exponentially more popular probably. But still, that's fucking crazy. And honestly, I think that was one of my bigger problems with it was there was so much CGI that added to the confusion of it. Like it was just so much more than plot. It was driving me crazy. Oh, and by the way, so when I was told to watch this movie, I'd seen it probably like a week before. And so I was like, all right, I'll just say that I watched it. After I said it, everyone gave me a bunch of, you know, BS about not watching the movie. So I went back and watched it again and I was equally as disappointed. I, I don't understand that. I loved this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I really liked it. I I thought the best part... So, um, I thought the story... My, my one knock on it... I guess I have two knocks. One is that I thought the villain was pretty lame. Like, Jude Law... I, it, when it's all said and done and we've watched all these movies, probably going to be one of the shittier villains that we encounter. Um, Jude Law being evil to you is probably just devastating. Yeah, I mean, I think it yeah, comes down so, to the scale of this so movie is handsome. completely have different seen, than all the others. Have you seen The Holiday? Wow. Um, <laughs> um, but but so uh, the the only other knock that I have on it is I feel like the just general vibe and humor it kind of felt like way too similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. In, yeah, in, in like the the like type of humor that they they used. Um, but I thought I thought the Nick Fury uh, veers like buddy cop thing was awesome. Yeah, uh, like I thought Samuel L. Jackson was amazing. I thought Brie Larson was a super super good superhero. All in all, man, I I was I was like, so I went and saw this movie with Sam at one of those theaters where you can uh, you can buy alcohol at. And I probably had like six double IPAs when I saw us in theaters, and I do not remember a fucking thing. <laughs> so, so it was a nice like rewatch, and I, I thought it was very good. Yeah. So to Nick Fury, budget was 160 million. I'd say probably 20 to 25 percent of that went to the technology to make Samuel L. Jackson look younger. <laughs> I mean, it was believable. And can we talk about how he lost his eye from the cat? Yeah, I, <laughs> I cat? love that and oh, I hate God. that at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. <laughs> uh, so my synopsis. We're, we're Captain uh, Marvel. Right I mean, yeah, so I, I got to ask a question because this is going to really mess up my whole blurb. So, and it, it's going to really show how smart I am and not. Um, why is she called... Captain Marvel, it's called Veers. It's not the same person. Um, I think I it was. Know. I think it was to honor her old boss. I assume. Right. So the whole thing was about Carol and Denver's Denver. So it was all about Carol. 
<clears throat> movie was called Captain Marvel because she sac- made that big sacrifice. But Veers is Veers, right? So I need to make that clarification because I'm uh, yeah. So there's Caroline, what was her something Danvers, and the only thing that supposedly yeah, survived from that from that crash Veers, was her yeah. dog tag, which and all it said was V E R S, which they told her her name was Veers. Yeah. All right. All right. I clear that. I, I can just so hear so many was... Marvel fans screaming right now into their monitors. <laughs> Well, I think you mean Marvel yeah, fans. Marvel fans, excuse me. Marvel. I'm gonna. Yeah, I sorry, propose I that we Marvel call this Marvel from now on. <laughs> this is the Marvel Mar- reviews. Mar- I approve that. The Marvel Chronicles. We're, we're All right. So I think it is. An, it was a great plot, though. I, I this is the only one of the three that we watched this week that I hadn't seen, uh, and I was like, I wonder what's going on. I didn't watch it when it came out, uh, but I thought it was really good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and, and not no shade or anything. Um, but it is like, you know, feminism is a lot nowadays. And I thought it was a, a very um, high, you know, she's very empowered. A lot of like, um, you know, high empowered female stuff going on, which I thought was awesome um, in a time where it's, it's more needed and necessary than ever. Um, but um, yeah, overall, I thought it was good. Um, I thought shield, I thought that part was outlandish. Um, I mean, you have a whole uh, government department that's dedicated to like outside world territories, and all you get is Samuel L. Jackson. Like, where's the rest of the team? Also, well, um, so aging a point we man. we can get to this later during Iron Man, but supposedly there's a, all that all that uh, action that happens in Iron Man with Coulson, where he calls it the Strategic Homeland Initiative or whatever. But back supposedly 15 years before, they're already calling it Shield. But he somehow yeah. forgets that name yeah, when he gets Iron Man. Oh yeah, that's I mean, bo- that bothers me. Yeah. All right, let's zero to ten. Where do we put this movie? I guess we gotta get to that. I'm gonna yeah. give it a, a seven uh, four. I thought it was. I like how localized the threats were. It wasn't the entire world at stake. It wasn't some terrifyingly real or unrealistic bad guy. It was. It kind of felt more. I don't want to say realistic. That's ridiculous. But it was more localized threat, which I really appreciate. Not everything has to endanger all of Earth. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Interesting, too. All right, who's up? Dylan. Dylan. Uh, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I I thought it was good. I I think it was... uh... Right. It was it was interesting that it was uh you could definitely tell it was made twelve years later from Captain America like going from Captain or I guess it was only made like ten years later but going from Captain America like eight years going from Captain America to Captain Marvel you could definitely tell the they had like a bigger budget and just overall like uh, I don't know like a better approach maybe but yeah I thought it was good I thought I thought. The character is super good. I thought I thought Samuel Jackson was awesome. It was it was really enjoyable. All right. Uh, um, so uh, you know, as someone that thinks that you know CGI is destroying cinema, I, I'm gonna have to give this a, a five point five. Um, you know, all the effects were pretty incredible. Uh, CGI of- is destroying cinema. 
did we someone? Are in, we are watching the Marvel universe. Did you want? Did, yeah, of course. Of course you're. Of course you're watching the Marvel universe. Did you want? Did be, you want the? It indie, doesn't need to destroy plot. <laughs> did you want the indie Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I loved it. I thought it was great. Who's type? Someone's typing in the background. I can hear you. Oh, uh, that was me. I'm typing some notes. Oh. Oh, okay, taking notes about uh, what I'm saying, of course. But yeah, again, I thought it was confusing. I thought it could have been more to the point. Honestly, I knew the least about Captain Marvel going into watching any of these movies, which I think might have led to my confusion and probably a lot of the audience's confusion that watched this movie and gave it such a poor score. Um, but it also well, I've got might have just theory on that we can get to. But it ahead. just wasn't. Oh, do you think it was? Uh, we'll what, get to it. Your, okay, okay. We'll get to um, it. Let's get some ratings first. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. It was definitely wasn't my favorite. Coach, Josh. how'd you feel? Zero to ten. Six point nine. Six point nine. Six point nine out of ten. That's a D, that's a D plus. Yeah, for somebody uh, preaching about how much they enjoyed this movie. I mean, he also gave Captain America a four point nine. <laughs> I agree with that. I give it a five out. Not a good. It's not a good movie. All right. So, as I mentioned before, this is far and away the least liked movie by the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. The next closest. This was a forty-eight percent. The next closest, The Incredible Hulk, at seventy percent. That's actually I surprising. Feel, I mean, I feel all, I didn't like it, I feel pretty confident or... saying. This is the only Marvel movie starring a female. Yeah, 100%. It's 100%. Not 100%. It's probably 60% sexism. I mean, to be completely honest, and this is just my hot take on it, I thought the actual character of Captain Marvel was fantastic. I just... She was not... she, She was not given a softball like Iron Man would be. Or something that's cool and is techie. She was given a very niche character to portray. Yeah, I right. Thought, I and thought... she also doesn't have any memories, so she's not going to have a lot of personality. I think. Yeah. Intentionally, that's by design. Okay. But I mean, it's still oh, crushed it in box office. I mean, oh, yeah. that's the other thing. The other thing I was thinking about in terms of that rating is probably watched by more people which is why it had so much money in the box office. And it was probably more people that didn't understand Marvel, which is what contributed to the poor rating. Yeah. Well, this also came out, I believe uh, it came out in between the last two Avengers. Yeah. That's uh, right. infinity war and Endgame. So people were hungry oh. for some Marvel. Yeah. And so uh, go ahead. If that's not correct, hit us up at nineties <laughs> fetish on Instagram. <laughs> some Marvel. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, the fact that it's the thirty percent or thirty points or twenty five points lower on the audience score versus the the next closest Marvel movie—I mean, that is insane. Yeah, yeah. All right, any closing thoughts? That's all. Just letting you guys know I'm back. Would you watch all it right. again? Would you watch it again? That's yeah, the question yeah. I want to put. I mean, not a week later like you did, but I, I'll watch it again. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. definitely watch it again. That's probably also. I'm not gonna lie. That's probably also what added to my disgust. I mean, I just I hate watching things I know. I yeah, agree. Rules are rules. Okay, let's we're keep all going to watch uh, 
Thor again, so you have to suffer too. Yeah, I got to rewatch a lot of these. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, should we move on to uh, Iron Man? Iron Man. Okay, before I really dive into the synopsis of Iron Man, I'm curious. Do you want me to read like the Wikipedia Iron Man synopsis, or do you want me to give my Iron Man synopsis? I'll, I'll be yeah. honest. Uh, yeah. I tried to read the Wikipedia, and as you can tell, I got confused reading it. So, um, I would say just know, do it makes sense to you. Dude, mine's gonna take for about five seconds to read through it. Yeah, do that. No, that's I mean, what we're doing. It's not a very complicated. Though. Yeah, I also think that most people have seen Iron Man. You know, all of our <laughs> all of our listeners. We don't need a ten minute. <laughs> Dylan's dad has seen Iron Man. <laughs> Why didn't we do this live? All right, Facebook Live. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Uh, so. I had the pleasure of watching Iron Man. Um, so Tony Stark is a billionaire playboy. He inherited a business from his father. It's a billion-dollar weapons company. Um, he's he's caught traveling through the desert to the Middle East. While on his travels, he's attacked with the very weapons that he helped create. Uh, and he ends up being captured by these terrorists. He's taken to this, this cave. Um, he begins collaborating with this other doctor that's in captivity and it manages to stop the strapnel that's in his chest from reaching his heart, um, builds this prototype um, arc reactor, as it's known, which is like this infinite energy source that he was somehow able to concoct in the caves of the Middle East. Um, although he was never able to concoct it before, all of a sudden he's able to make it up now to save his life, I guess. Ah, I mean, that's, that's good motive. Adrenaline. That's adrenaline for you, you know? Yeah, I mean, shit. Who who functions better on adrenaline, though? I mean, you're trying to build an arc reactor. You're not trying to run away from the police, trying to catch you in someone's house, drink a beer when you're <laughs> 18 years old. Um. Anyway, so where was I? I'm, is this about so, Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, this is what Iron are we talking Man. about here. So, anyways, after he escapes, he avows to never sell weapons again, and so he escapes from all the terrorists um, using this pre-Iron Man suit that he has created um, and he escapes and he, he's like, I'm never going to sell these weapons that I, again, that helped almost kill me. Um, but he has a partner from this inherited company that he has that thinks otherwise. Um, his, his partner is like, absolutely not. We're going to still need to sell these weapons. This is going to be fantastic. Um, so this is where like the tension starts to grow between him and uh, his his partner in um, developing all these weapons. So Tony starts working on this new Iron Man suit. He's like, yo, this is great. He got me out of captivity. I'm going to build another Iron Man suit. It's going to be even better than the one I ever did before. And he ends up falling in love with his assistant. Horrible idea, Tony. I can go ahead and tell you that. I can't believe you would do that. Anyways, falls in love with his assistant, whereas every single Marvel movie or Marvel movie has some kind of love story attached to it. Um, so falls in love with her, uh, his jealous partner is furious that he is no longer selling weapons. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill Tony Stark. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill him. And it turns out he previously had been trying to kill Tony. He's actually the guy that had hired the terrorists to come kill Tony Stark. Um, but he's, he's furious. He starts... He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to build my own Iron Man suit. You know, I'm going to get by your old Iron Man suit and kill you with it. 
So he buys, you know, the old Iron Man suit that he used to escape from captivity. Uh, him and Tony get into it. They, they have this uh, battle royale where they fight each other. Um, Tony Stark ends up pushing him into the, the arc reactor, um, kills his partner, his evil partner, um, saves the day. It's fantastic. Uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Nick Fury walks up and he's like, hey, Tony, you're not the only superhero on this planet, my friend. And, uh, and then that's how it leaves you. So. What you guys? Man, I thought that was a really good synopsis. That was perfect. I, I mean, I thought I covered all the highlights appropriately. I gave it as basic as possible. That was good. Um, Tony Stark uh, is honestly, I'll go ahead and start us off with this. Tony Stark started off at the beginning of this movie. Absolutely hated him. Did not like him at all. Horrible person. I mean, Even after facial he escaped. Hair. How do you, how do you like yeah, that? Yeah, it's appalling. It's yeah. so offensive that facial hair. That is the worst part of the whole thing. What are you, Zorro? <laughs> <laughs> but but what I really love, and this is what I love about movies too, is you see the character change, right? You see him go from someone that you hate to someone that you actually really appreciate and you can actually empathize with. Um, part of why I like this movie so much, and why I like Tony Tony Stark in general. I thought it was pretty cool. The uh like the moral dilemma you know with him like coming back and he's been manufacturing weapons his whole life like i feel like that had a level of complexity that the other two movies didn't have which was kind of cool um, can we agree that this was the best of the three movies we watched in a way yeah best. yeah this movie also I'd, I'd say like on its own even if it was completely disconnected from the marvel universe like this was just a very good movie in general yeah well, the thing is, this is the OG Marvel yeah, movie yeah, yeah. of this. Of this, it movie. is. It's it also, came out standalone before they had all these plans. Yeah, it's pretty crazy too that they, uh, like Kevin Feige or whatever, the guy who uh, runs the studio, like he put up a bunch of his own money, and they took a chance on Robert Downey Jr. because he was previously like super addicted to drugs and an alcoholic, and like. This was you can like kind of tell in the movie. This is like his no, he's you know, he's like recovered in the movie. This is like, he looks like, just crazy, man. This is like his redemption arc, you asshole. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, but he just looks wired uh, the whole time. The one I mean, thing, maybe that's just his character, but shit. So one thing I'll say is, man, Tony Stark would get canceled in a heartbeat today. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that dude would have gotten me tooed a hundred times, and rightfully so, because he I mean, was harassing he everyone. A... It was pretty shocking. But I also thought that Jeff Bridges as a villain was pretty awesome. He's um, the best villain of the week yeah, by far. Hundred percent agree. All right, a little, couple facts for you, Iron Man critics. 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Audience, 91%. IMDb, 7.9. This was, uh, I think it was released, this 2008. We were in high school when this came out. Yes. Yeah, and uh, $2,008, $140 million budget, $585 million gross worldwide. Yeah, that's a banger. That's, uh, yeah, $2,008. That's a lot. I thought Iron Man was excellent. Um... It's like one of those movies that I think everybody saw like growing up. It's so cool. Um, so it's like probably, you know, the, at least in the teens of the amount of times I saw it. It was really fun to rewatch and kind of think about like actually thinking about it. Um, I thought Tony Stark was a dick selling those weapons. I don't think 
you know, he got kind of got out clean, which I thought was interesting. But he does become a superhero, so that's chill. Um, but very uh, chill. Um, I know what comes next, so I guess you know for this one, like that's kind of why Captain Marvel was so, I guess, exciting for me this week because it's the only one I didn't see. Um, so I'll, you know, this one I had seen, but it, I mean, it's obviously my favorite, even over Captain Marvel. Um, but yeah, overall excellent movie. Um, Tony Stark. You know, I think he should have got some fines for those weapons. I mean, that was pretty fucked up. But um, other than that, he becomes a superhero, and, and he becomes one of my favorite in the series, and I understand it. But even again, I don't even know half the fucking series, so I'm excited to learn. I mean, uh, he's also just—he's just, he's just badass, man. He doesn't have any actual powers. He's just smart. Well, I mean, he's pure capitalism, right? I mean, that movie all has a lot to do with, uh, I think, business and like government too. I also, um, I also understand. Goes, Inheriting a billion dollars, but he's smart. Yeah, but he built yeah, he built something incredible. Um, you know, so I think that's that's amazing. You know, he's the only self-built one that I know of. So that that's my take. He wasn't uh, self-built. Yeah, he built that shit. That that fucking uh, that that whole suit and shit. He didn't get like an injection from some oh you mean doctor that stole his, him and, and quote, injected it into powers. I yeah, you. yeah, he built his powers. Don't you mean his fortune? Yeah. And that's no, our no, and that's no. our Wall Street Journal correspondent, Coach Turner. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding, Coach. <sighs> Was that a good take? I mean, I'm looking for live feedback. No, yeah, that's that's a fair Odd take. take. I feel you. I think he's. I think he's a very good. He's a. He's a very interesting character. Probably. Probably the, if not one of the best of this of the entire series. I'd say he's the star of the whole Marvel series. Yeah. Yes. All right. So this. I mean, he really did set the stage for every other movie to happen. I mean, do you think they had all these movies planned out prior to this being such a success? No, they, absolutely not. They had a couple. No. Yeah. The introduction of Fury. At I think the they end. had a. Like, a couple, I, I think there's three Iron Mans from the beginning, and then the Hulk. And probably dude, the Hulk. Two, oh man, that's what I'm looking forward to the most right now, man. Dude, the Hulk's gonna be fantastic. All right, we'll get to next week. And why sorry, would you look forward sorry. to that movie? Uh, dude, it's I just love the Hulk, man. Again, that's what I wish I actually uh, was most portrayed like. But I'm I'm a Captain America guy. I'm the guy that thinks it's really cool, but it's actually kind of lame as shit. Let's go around the horn, zero to ten. I guess I'll start us off again, yeah? Yeah. All right. uh, I mean, eight, nine. Wow. Wow. And that's a little low. I honestly was going to say nine, one, and I dropped it last minute. But you know what? Nine, one. Nine point one. I'm going to stick to my guns. Right between flat nine. I mean, that's the exact audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. 9.2. Final answer. Final answer. Proud of you. All right. Dylan, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I thought it was it was definitely the best movie of the bunch uh, and pretty pretty impressive for the first movie. Um, so... Iron Man to me really did like whereas watching Captain America start off the whole kickoff of this Marvel journey, Iron Man really is what introduced me to Marvel. Um, 
I mean, I, I wasn't really re- big into reading the comic books, but watching the movies is what got me started. And this movie just kind of struck home for me. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was actually the movie that I was least excited to watch because I had seen it so many times. But it just was a constant reminder of my childhood and my youth. I thought it was beautiful. I agree with uh, that completely. I was not excited to watch it. And then as soon as it started, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. I can't wait. I was like, oh, my God, it's so fantastic. Tony Stark, I, it, what really caught my attention was the fact that I didn't like Tony Stark at the beginning. I was like, this guy's the worst. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope he fails. And then, of course, he does not fail. He's Iron Man. Um, he turns into a better person and then conquers the world. Uh, nine, nine point one. I'll just go nine point one. Um, Solid score, Coach T. That's great. Sorry. Um, this is hard for me, only because I haven't seen them all. Um, so I don't know if we can edit this, but based on the three that we watched this weekend and the understanding that we have. 23 others i'm gonna have to go with you can change the top end of the scale later if you yeah, if you feel it's too high we can make it one out of 14 for you if you yeah. want but i can't edit what i say here um no, it's so, so um i'm gonna give it a seven point an, an eight an eight point two eight point two all right all right any uh any thoughts uh i want to say I remember we were in high school. I remember I saw this movie in theaters and some friends. And I think like two, up until that point was all about the secret superhero where it, their identity had to be kept secret at all costs. And yeah. that final, the final line of the entire movie, the I am Iron I Man. Am Iron Man. And then it cuts to the Black Sabbath. Yeah. I still remember watching that. 12 years ago. Yeah, it's an, it's in, an incredible it ending. It was incredible. I mean, uh, who who's your favorite of the, you know, five core Avengers? I know a lot of people that love Iron Man, and Iron Man's their number one. Again, I'm a Hulk per, a Hulk guy, but... Alright, so as the, uh, the core five, we're talking Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, Thor. and Black Widow. Black, Wi- Black Widow. Isn't that right? For real? For your hate mail, contact us at 90s Fetish on Instagram. <laughs> I think I think Black Widow's up is in there, right? I guess. I mean, I don't have no clue. It's kind of hard to limit it to four. Well, we're looking for five. Or for five, yeah, sorry. Um... Oh, wow. Okay, you guys want to get hit with some, you know, knowledge bombs? So the first five were Iron Man, Thor, Wasp, Ant-Man, and Hulk. But then in the 1960s, it expanded to uh, Captain America, Hawkeye, Quick, Quicksilver, Scarlet, uh, Swordsman, Hercules, Black Panther, Vision, Black Knight. Jesus, dude, this Vision. is all over oh, the place. Oh, God, that's so damp. I didn't know that they went through so many stages until they came out with the actual. So, so Ethan, if I yeah. remember correctly, looking at our our own internal rankings, you ranked Captain America above Iron Man. Are you retracting that ranking? Yeah, oh, I've already. I've, number one. I, if I'm not I changed that. Yeah, I gotta go pee. I'll be right back. <laughs>
right, everybody hold on. I'm going to get a beer. Uh, yeah, I have Iron Man at number one. Um, honestly, when I was doing the synopsis of Iron Man uh, moments before this, I was like almost in tears. Like, yeah, my synopsis sounded like a fifth grader's handwriting, but um, I did. It was just so good. It just really like took me back to my roots watching it uh, as a kid in high school. Yeah, I don't actually think I saw it in high school, man. I think I. I think I watched it like a couple of years after it came out. I mean, I didn't grow up in the comic book age. My brothers did, and I, I mean, they had plenty of comic books. But this is my first really introduction to like, you know, the full superhero universe. Um, which I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think I would be super adamant and excited about talking about, but it, here I am. So yeah, fair enough. Also, can we talk about the fact that Iron Man is arguably the most, you know? Badass superhero of all of them. Is Coach back yet? I mean, whether it's having his own theme song uh, or having just the most absurd superpowers while not actually having any superpowers. Yeah, I mean, he's just—it's just like a man and machine. He's smart. Uh, I mean, creating the arc reactor. I mean, think about if that was actually around today. All right, guys, let's finish it off. I've got a couple uh, closing questions from. All three movies. Maybe go around the table, do a lightning round. Um, number one, I, we already touched on this for Iron Man, but favorite villain of the week? I think it's got to be Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Any other thoughts? I agree. He's the only even remotely realistic one. And he was Sorry, genuinely John. scary. Yeah, best best villain by far for me. Any other thoughts? All right. Um, I all mean, these movies. Were... was okay. Who was I thought? Worse? I thought he had a lame, like, I mean, his supervillain thing was to steal uh, Tony Stark's thing. <laughs> That's I mean, what his evil, like, villain theme right, was, so was stealing other people's ideas. As opposed to the red-faced guy who was really strong. Hey man, that's the red Or oh, he was he was the original. I mean, he was the first person to like uh take the serum. So, I mean, at least he wasn't like a weenie. <laughs> okay. Seriously? Go. You think the guy that makes the oh, the Iron Man 2.0? Cool. All right, whatever. All right, so who do you I mean, think I, it is? I definitely feel like he was the most fearsome. I mean, I, I really is a like, powerful drug. I like the scroll as villains, but inevitably they weren't actually villains. Um, so I'm going to have to go with... Uh, yeah, that shape-shifting for the first hour really threw me. That was pretty scary. Jude Law's character. Eric, what, what's the name? Uh, Yon-Rog. 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 I thought he was my favorite villain um, because of his... Because he wasn't a villain. Pride. He was just a person. Yeah, he was just a person trying to, you know, kill everybody on, you know, the world. All right. Um, let's, let's move on. All of these movies are PG-13. It's a pretty classic question. You can use one F-bomb throughout these movies. Where do you put it? Uh, <laughs> Captain, I got it. Captain America, I'm just a fucking kid from Brooklyn. <laughs> or I'm just a kid from fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, there you go. I'm just a fucking kid. 
get the fucking kid from Brooklyn. Fuck, I am Iron Man. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, a hundred percent. I was like, you know, I am fucking Iron Man. But then it sounds like you might be having sex with Iron Man, so you know. <laughs> Not a editing floor. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what about you? You asked the question. Were yeah, I didn't really up? plan that out. I thought it's something would come to me as I asked it. What are you fucking up? I probably. I mean, you have to have Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Life. Yes. Oh wow. So instead of Mother Flirker, just go for it. I mean, you got the rating. Use it. I was gonna say. Um, how about all these Avengers in these motherfucking movies? <laughs> that that could work too, I guess. All right, I got another one for you. Um, if you could swap one of the heroes, if you could recast it as someone as the opposite gender, just who would you cast? Just for these movies, these three. Yeah, for these for these three. So you could either replace Tony Stark. Uh, I don't even know Veers. Or uh Oh god, that's hard. Yeah. Who do you, who do you place? It has to be somebody of the opposite gender. I'll start off with Dude, mine. That's tough. Anna Kendrick as Iron Man. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! That's a really take. spicy take. <laughs> Dude, you're crazy. You're talking about uh the woman for Pitch Perfect here going and playing Iron Man? I was thinking, uh, hmm. Hmm. Dude, that's tough. Oh, man. I've got an alternate. Actually, I just thought it was Gal Gadot as Captain America. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> Gal Gadot as Iron Man. That would make more oh. sense. I like mine better. Imagine Gwyneth Paltrow as Iron Man. Just take and it from Tony Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Yeah, take take it from Pepper yeah, Pot actually, to put her as Iron that's Man. A good idea. That's some that's some erotic fan fiction right there for sure. Well, to all of our all of our Marvel listeners, I'm sure there's Marvel. Marvel, I'm sure there's fan fiction uh, being written about this podcast. Actually, send send us links to your fan fiction at '90s Fetish on Instagram. At '90s Fetish, can't can't stress that enough. That's at '90s. Fetish. All right, what are we what are we watching next week? All right, so next week, as we mentioned, we're doing uh, I think we're doing three movies a week. Twenty is it twenty four movies? It's actually Black 20, Widow. So I got a question. Black Widow is not out. Yeah, yeah. So I got rid of that one. It's actually twenty. It's twenty three. So on tap for next week, we've got released in two thousand eleven Iron Man two, released in two thousand eleven The Incredible Hulk. Oh wait, are these the years they came out? In? <laughs> Yeah, these aren't the releases. These are the years they occur in. Yes. All right, three, two, one. On tap for next week, we've got Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor. And I've got to admit, I am dreading watching these three movies. Yeah, these are I'm, bottom I'm, of the barrel. I am not excited for week two at all. <laughs> I, I'm going to call in sick for sure. It's gonna be a. It's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a real chore watching these three. I'm, I'm very just, sad to hear you guys say that. I might just try. I mean, to, the I Incredible Hulk not, is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, it's. 
I mean, I like. That's the one uh, I'm looking forward to the most. Really? I, I mean, I even think I like Thor too. The first one? Yeah. I mean, I thought they were – honestly, all right. So the Thor movies progressively get better. But I also kind of like the first one too. I think all the Thor movies are hilarious for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget The Incredible Hulk is Edward Norton. Yeah, it's also Ed Norton, not uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. That's going to be a, kind of a weird, a weird twist. Yeah. Oh, dude, this is the 2008 Hulk. Oh man. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure yeah. Eric Bana was the other one. <laughs> Wasn't there a, a Hulk before this one? Yeah, yeah it was, it was, like, it was, it was like one two, that came out in 2003. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, it's yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, Eric not not super pumped about the next three movies, but I would not want to watch any of those at any time standalone. Now I have to watch I, all three of them in a week, dude. So actually, Hulk was the first standalone movie back in two thousand three. No, that was a separate universe. Hulk appears in multiple universes. I mean, yeah, they all do. Well, like they also made the like they made like Chris Evans was in the original fantastic four but yeah agreed it's it's gonna be a rough week but we can get through it boys so where does a daredevil fit into this or are we gonna we gonna sprinkle some (laughs) x-men in here no that is the worst franchise in history Uh, i hate i cannot watch i really again send your hate mail to 90s fetish on instagram (laughs) all right any closing thoughts from the from the table uh, close, closing thoughts. Uh, I'm just happy to be uh, hanging out with a couple of my buddies, That's talking what it about really is. things. That's what it's all I, about. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about anything, yet alone Marvel movies. So, if anyone does happen to listen to this, I'm sorry, and uh, you know, I'm not not actually that sorry. Yeah, sorry to the other uh, like six friends that we have that aren't on this podcast, and probably my father who will probably tune in. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and i should i should say the thousands of marvel diehards who are gonna ultimately find this podcast 10 years from now um, <laughs> they're gonna be like oh marvel we're, podcast we're so and they're sorry. gonna come across this and be like this is gonna be good to listen to yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of really rich content uh i would say that it's it was a it was a strong start i think next week is going to be tough but looking at some uh some weeks in the future we have some uh some good stuff in store we've so. got some good weeks coming up regardless this is what i look forward to yeah we just so. have to, we gotta power through the next week we gotta maintain our social distance that's right wash your hands <laughs> cover wash your cough because safe, because uh, our our Marvel fans who are listening to this podcast in 2050 go back to your school textbooks and read about the coronavirus from 2020. That's... Pull up your on your hologram screen, <laughs> Wikipedia. That's right. Coronavirus COVID 19. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and, and Bill, and... I saw you with a mask on today. Eric, are you wearing a mask? Uh, no, I actually feel really bad. I've tried to find something I can't. Yeah, me and uh, Lauren are getting a mask from her aunt. Yeah, Sam's mom uh, knitted some masks for us, which was very nice. I'm honestly just excited about wearing one um, for the sole purpose of pollen. Yeah, that's actually, that's true. My allergies are terrible right now. Getting killed. Do you get like sheets of pollen up in 
New York? Not quite as much. We used to get them in DC. Like cars would just be completely doused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, right. we've, we've been on this for two hours. I am Iron Man.